106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Our lady of blessed acceleration, don't fail me now. It's time for Drive Radio, presented by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Whether you need help diagnosing a problem. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear end on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, welcome, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive with me today, Charlie Grimes, our engineer, and of course, Larry Unger answering phones. And uh, Larry was actually all the way with us through Fix It Radio, too, which I appreciate very much. And he and Charlie, and, and uh, really appreciate, by the way, everybody filling in while I was gone uh, last couple of weeks, you know, family things, different things going on. And, and a lot of you know the situation there. I won't get into that, but I, I do appreciate everybody filling in. I know Dan filled in last weekend, Dennis the week before, and I, I really do appreciate all of you guys doing that. And if you're listening, thank you very, very much. Uh, that means a lot to me, and a lot of you listeners have reached out and just asked how things are going and so on, and and I appreciate that as well. So I, I really mean that. But how's Ken today? Yeah, doing real good, John. Yeah, Weather's it was a great run this morning. You know, spot on. outside, and it's already it's awesome. fifty degrees when I left. I it's was like, great. This is awesome. This is yeah. why we live in Colorado. That's right. You know. All right. So speaking of which, Randy in Detroit, which is not Colorado, is it a little colder there, Randy? Uh, yeah, rub it in. That's why we live in Colorado. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> There's 50-50. My butt's coming back because we have a friend that owns, used to work for my wife, but she inherited a company now from her parents. Okay. They do road striping, and they've offered us to come work for them at a pretty good, decent amount of money. There's a chance I'm coming back there. The only setback would be, you know, it's not uh, year-round weather. Uh, year-round work. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Certain degree you can't paint because I worked for Kobe before. But anyway, uh, I'm not a weatherman, but we get a lot of wind here. Okay. And, you know, I understand that when a storm's coming or a storm's leaving, you get that clockwise, counterclockwise. Right. Maybe it's because we're by the water and there's nothing to break it up. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, a lot of wind here that has to do with my question with batteries and starting. Okay. Uh, you could make it real quick and tell me don't worry about it. Your car started and have a nice day. <laughs> no, no, this is a great that. general question. I think for yeah. folks that are out there, we had some really you know cold yeah. weather here not that long ago. Randy, this no, this is a great right. question. So go ahead. This is fine. Well, okay. Well, our wind temperature on average brings it down about about you know when it's ten degree wind, about ten degrees. You give or take a degree or two, and we all always got a five to fifteen mile an hour wind with gusts to twenty five and thirty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's usually it's in that fifteen range. But the question is. I have a very good battery in my little caliber. Okay. Uh, I spent a little extra money for it, put it in there. It's 20 extra bucks. It's got over, I don't know how much, a little over 600 cold crank. I just bought because my dumb butt didn't go to Napa. I went to AutoZone and got, I think it's called a Duralast, but it was that M- MG, MG. AMG. Um, okay. Or, a- or AGM. AMG. <laughs> right. AGM. It's a platinum. It has over 600 cold cranking. Sure. Now, the problem is, uh, this was about two weeks ago, but uh, I asked the wife how come the car did all right. Jeep didn't while I drove the car the day before. So the Jeep sat the one night. It was minus one. Now, again, that's air temperature. This is where it gets tricky. All right, I don't know what to do about the wind because the battery's not sitting on the roof of the car. So I know it's not, you know, getting that, 
you know, six degree would turn into, you know, minus four. Yeah. But it's still getting some wind through the vents where your air, car takes the air. It's getting some from the wheel well. It's getting some from underneath. So I'll, I'll say it gets half of that. But anyway, the first night it sat was my, the air temperature, minus one. The second night, when I went to start it the next day, air temperature, minus six. And it gave me four. And this battery's only nine months old, by the way. Seven, seven months old, she just said. Uh, gave me very, four very, you know, and then a very ugly start. It did start. Yes, it did. Okay. But it's my point. My vehicle's never done that. And I'm just wondering, is, is, is that normal considering everything? My alternator's good. My, my, my battery's a good, strong battery. Is that, is, is that normal? Should I shut up about it? Or is, is that reason for concern? Or just, hey, I mean, minus one or minus six, that's pretty cold air temperature. Right. Well, and, and you know, I, I wouldn't see why it would be doing that at that temperature. I mean, the temperature, yes, can make it sound a little crazy, but but not that bad, I wouldn't think. Uh, what kind of drives are you doing on it on a typical basis? Uh, Is I, it, you know, 20 minutes plus? Or? Minimum. When I drive my vehicles, and one good thing about out here, we're so far out in the, oh, okay. in the uh, it's, it's all farmland out here. Oh, sure. So, I mean, I could drive four to ten, four to ten miles, no stop signs, no stop lights, no traffic, sure. and I drive okay. that car anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes because I think, like yeah. I said, it, I asked how long to take to charge a battery after you start the after you start the car and get that pull on it. Oh, about ten or fifteen. Yeah, minutes. yeah, exactly. If if that, yeah. So I will drive twenty to thirty minutes, and I try to make it thirty minimum. Sure. And these are pretty much no no stops. Yeah, so I do that. Good. No, and just, that was that was the kind of where I was going with that question because a lot of people will do you know three or five minute drives and stuff, and it, no, no, they no, don't no, get no. rejuvenated. No. But is there anything that could be drawing that battery down? Is there okay? No. I mean, anything that's possibly plugged into no. an accessory jack or nothing? Last, no, I very rarely use, use, I don't charge my cell phone in the car. I don't use my navigator unless I'm on a okay. trip. Okay, sure. One time I did accidentally hit my back dome light and left it on, and yeah, I had a problem there. Sure. When, I pumped by accident. How many miles are on it? Uh, it's got 206, but I okay. mean, let's say there's a thousand things in the car. 900 of them have been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> well, the and the starter would be right. the thing that I would be concerned with because, I mean, zero degrees is is one thing, and typically cars just start okay with that, and you know, especially a car right. of, of like that. And, you know, even the older cars used to start at 20 below. I mean, you know, so and these yeah. are using better technology electronic components anyway, so... No, I I did. I want to go out on a limb here. I did. I'm going to say probably within the last eh, four or five years. I'm just going to throw a number out there. I did get the you know the alternator and starter replaced. Okay. I mean, and like right now, the weather's fine. It's good. I keep up. I don't mess around sure. with that car. That car yeah, I right. Mean, my whole is my car and my life. Reliable. Yeah. Exactly. One. Yeah. Well, my my starter's good. Uh, my yeah. alternator's good. My, my guy buys the Napa stuff. He buys the good stuff. He puts it in properly. Sure. I've had change maybe twice. Well, and we've know. had some of these uh, permanent magnet starters where in colder weather, because you lose magnetism the colder it gets. So they are right. a little less efficient as it gets colder where the, the winding starters, uh, I guess I said that right, uh, you know, the field, mm-hmm. field type starters uh, right. didn't have as much of an issue there. But... Uh, 
so you well, can't lose some efficiency. But designed just for that car. So I mean, no, right, right, no. But I'm just saying it's one of those things where we could have an intermittent or you know or a cold weather starter issue because we've seen that on quite a few vehicles like that where on a 63 yeah. day they start just fine. 40 degrees, oh. they they have a little a little cranking issue, and that's I mean that's mild temperatures, but but we have seen that. I mean, once it yeah. starts for the day, it starts just fine. But we have seen starters actually give that type of symptom. So, I, I mean, I'm, it's just I'm, a thought, but, right. you know, since the battery yeah, is, right. is good, you know, that's, right. um, that's the only place. I mean, place I do want to throw out there that before and after this kind of weather, I mean, that's, the thing starts up on the first time. There's no problem. Sure. I don't sure. know. That car makes a noise it's not supposed to make, you know. <laughs> You're on top of it, yeah. I got to hear this. I mean, it, that wasn't there before. Sure. Yeah, um, and I, the only thing, the only other thing you could test for, and the problem with those, uh, the permanent magnet starters are, you know, if they're, a lot of times they don't test bad. Um, the only thing uh, you can go off of feel, um, you, but yeah. of course testing your, you know, your uh, voltage drops right. and stuff like that would be the only other thing, especially when you get 200K. I mean, things can happen, connections and stuff like that, but right. it doesn't sound like that's necessarily the issue. It sounds more... No, I mean, I lived I would, in Colorado before I had a carport, you know, which for many years, I mean, you know, even with our cold weather there, you know we get it too. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never yeah. had, you know, there might have been two, maybe three, but they weren't struggling stuff. Yeah, right. Well, and just by the symptoms you're you're saying, I would be looking more so at the starter than probably anything else. Huh. I mean, I I just, just my thoughts. So, yeah. Yeah, I will throw this out. When I, I got my, my, guy, my guy has an account with Napa that was up there, uh, but he'd always get the, he's an OEM guy, he'd always get that. He'd, but, I mean, my starters have lasted me because it, probably part of the reason is because a lot of times I'll have the wife run in the store so that I don't have to turn the car off and get that pull again. You know? <laughs> right. So I'll let her run in. That saves yeah. my starter. That yeah. saves a pull on my battery. Yeah, no, I'll sure. Sure. No, I get uh, it. <laughs> and, again, one other thing, food for thought, you know, on both vehicles now, I do run synthetic oil, so that should make it mm-hmm. a sure. little bit easier on it. Yeah. But I've got, you know, eight, seven, eight, Maybe even nine years out of you guys' uh, Napa's alternators and starters. You sure, got great stuff. Well, and, and oh. this would be, you know, this would be a failure that, you know, is more due to probably the, the permanent magnet that, I mean, just for whatever. Okay. I, I mean, that's my thought on it. But, and, I mean, it's, and let me, you let know. Let me throw one more yeah. quick one out there, though, for this, sure. for this 99 Jeep. Is that, uh, is that starter have what you're talking about with a magnetized? Whatever. Yes. I yeah, the permanent yes. permanent magnet. Uh huh. Yeah, it sure oh, okay. is. Okay. All right. Did you guys have a question of the day? I'm bored. Uh, the question <laughs> of the day I was going to throw out today is, what's your favorite auto hero? And it could be anything from the past and or current. So, what's your favorite auto hero? Could be racing or other. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I used to like to see Batman pull him out of the back. <laughs> ah, okay, there you, there you that go. Works. Yeah, that works. That exactly. works. Real, real quickly, I'll let you go right after this. Real quickly, they had one last week about the best thing you did in your back seat to keep it clean. Yeah, I, I heard I that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cute. I said, well, no, my people would pile in my, my Vega wagon with the thing down and the carpet, the pillows and all that. My five or six buddies would go back there like sandwiches, but I let my girlfriend sit up front. Yeah. But you know what? 
we ended up getting married a couple years later, and I've been married 40 years to that girl. Awesome. There Congratulations. Go. So, good, good head. If you guys want to get a girlfriend or maybe a wife, let her sit in the front seat. There you go. <laughs> good one. Randy, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Dennis oh, and Mike, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. And, yes, question of the day is, who or uh, you know who's your favorite auto hero? Could be current, could be from the past, doesn't matter. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. Don't forget you can text us as well, which I have one. I'll check through the break. Three zero seven two hundred eighty two twenty two three zero seven two hundred eighty two twenty two. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the forties and the fifties, rates were in the five to six percent range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe, too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where a reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Hi, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. And not just my friends, but truly, the staff at Lone Tree feels like part of our family. Since 2002, they have provided the very best care for our pets. What we love about Lone Tree Vet is the services they provide covers all of our needs. From preventative care, dentistry, pain management, cardiology, dermatology, and eye care, as well as emergency and critical care. They also offer veterinary surgery and orthopedic care. And when you need to get away, they have a fantastic boarding lodge and a cat boarding lodge that is amazing. If your pet gets to go along, they can even assist you with your travel health certificates. And when your dog needs a little extra instruction, check out the K9 Academy. They helped us so much when we got a new puppy last year. And then, of course, there is a spectacular grooming salon that you and your pet will love. All of this and more at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Oh, and check out the blogs to help you become a better parent at LoneTreeVet.com. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. It's just one stop and all the care you need. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E, P, as an engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression, which increases and saves you. Find a shop with BG products BG. at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. So, at your next oil change, remember the three C's. You will find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket when you clean your engine with BG.
All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, line open, 303-477-5600. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive with us. Dennis in Denver, what's going on, sir? Hey, John. Uh, first of all, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, sir. It's got to be a difficult time. It, um, it hasn't been easy, let's just say that. Yeah. So thank you. As far as question of the day, mine would be, the guy that invented the diesel engine and the team of engineers that perfected the diesel turbo engine. Hmm. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a wide wide range, but hey, that's awesome. Yeah, that's no, I'll good take that. that. No, that yeah, you know what? I was exactly. yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Definitely. What these modern diesel you know turbo diesel trucks will do is absolutely oh, yeah. amazing. It really yeah. is. The, no, you're right. The displacement, the small displacement with tons of power, that's just... Yeah. So So Rudolph Diesel was the originator of the diesel engine. I don't know that I know who perfected, you know, whether that was a you know conglomeration of folks, or, you know, who perfected the, the modern diesel, you know, common rail, turbocharged, intercooled. I'm guessing, Dennis, that was probably just a transformation from, you know, multiple manufacturers, Bosch sure. and, and others just working towards that, I'm yeah. guessing. Well, the boost came in first, and then the you know injector timing and all that and stuff. The and intercooling came inter- second, right, and all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the turbocharging. Let's face it, that's been around for a very, very long time. I mean, they were doing that sure. years and years and years ago. In fact, probably I would somebody could correct me if I'm wrong, but Detroit Diesel was big on that way back in the day. Turbo and supercharged both, of course, because they had a two-stroke diesel. You had to have a super. That's where the superchargers came from, by the yeah, way. They had to boost it before they, they, they had to get boost it, it before that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, Dennis, I don't know who perfected that. I. I it's a great, great question. Great comment. Well, and you know, we'll throw this into the ring. I tend to look at International Harvester, who got that uh, power stroke diesel yes, sure. right yes. and reliable. Yes, you know that seemed to be the turning point for the transition from an air aspirated diesel to the turbo diesel. Okay, yeah. so they first, which I didn't know this. I'm learning this today. The first turbo diesel production car. Was the Mercedes Benz Mercedes Benz 300 SD Saloon, uh, which was sold in the U.S. from the mid 1978s and powered by the OM617 five-cylinder engine. A year later, Peugeot 604 Turbo became the first turbo diesel car to be sold in Europe. So I guess late 70s, Mercedes Benz was the first in that world, Dennis, and it just evolved from there. Yeah, interesting. I did, and I did not know that. I didn't know it was that recent. I yeah. figured it would have been years ago. Yeah, right. Ooh. I mean, as far as but, big trucks go, Detroit, you know, Detroit diesels were using turbos long before, uh, you know, Mercedes did that on a car. But that was the first car production U.S.-made diesel turbo engine. But now you've got the variable boost, variable oh, I know. veins that, Amazing. that boost at 800 RPM to, All the way you up. know, to 3,800. That's right. 35 or whatever but where those old turbos they had boost from oh about 17 to 2200 rpm yep. so it no like, it is so sophisticated but, yeah. now it's it's ridiculous yeah. and the noise oh uh, yeah the noise with the injector timing just there such, isn't any yeah right it's almost gone yeah, they're super quiet now, yep so yeah so a vehicle question for you yes. i know you talked several times about doing annual oil changes on vehicles that aren't driven much right yeah, that's what i do on it, mine Right, and I've got one of those that falls into that category, but I've never heard you talk about all of the other fluids, the brake fluid, coolant, power steering fluid. Great Can question. Can you go by that mileage guideline? Yeah, I phase? think in that case, if, 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 I guess let me back up. If it's stored inside, 
And, you know, there's not a lot of huge temperature swings. Yes, I think you could do everything else according to whatever mileage you'd be at engine. I would just do annually. Just I just think it's a safe bet to do it that way. But when it comes to, you know, transmission, brake fluid, differentials, and so on, if there's not a lot of condensation, you know, happening, which, you know, unless, unless there's huge temperature swings, there's not going to be, yeah, I would do it based on mileage. Coolant is probably the most That's the only sensitive. other one. True, yeah, true. It, it, I would do that. And just check it. Yeah, check it. There's a you know pH, pH tester it, for that, yep. and yep, and make sure everything's good. And you could yeah. check brake fluid the same way as well. Yeah. Get the test strips, check the brake fluid yeah. periodically, just to make sure condensation's not happening, Dennis. But transmission and diffs and so on, I'd do that off mileage period. Yeah, yeah, you're fine with that. You're not gonna have any issues, right? And yeah, brake fluid. I mean, it's you know it'll absorb moisture, but if it's sealed up, typically. Yeah, and in this, in this again, good. if you're stored inside in Colorado yeah. with our low, low humidity, I doubt you're gonna have much issue right and if you're not driving it much of course it's not going to pick up the heavy metals exactly or the metals and stuff so yeah okay Make, well, makes sense no that, yep. no that's a great question by the way we appreciate yeah. that we don't talk about that we talk about annual oil changes on cars you don't drive much but never have talked about other the rest of the yeah, fluids but yeah exactly. the coolant's a, a big one yeah so yeah exactly great point all right mike is up next mike welcome how are you sir hey john how's it going i'm good thanks for calling um, heroes yes i would have to say Carol Shelby. Oh, yeah. Just because I like yep. cars that handle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, and he did so much. He did so much for the industry, too, right. Mike. I mean, if you go back and watch, I mean, you, we can all watch Ford v. Ferrari, but then really I encourage everybody to go watch the Netflix special on Shelby. In fact, yeah. you should watch that first. I watched that a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Watch that, that really first, then watch Ford v. Ferrari, yeah, because the Shelby thing really gets into detail. Yeah, there's so much more there is. to that story that, yeah. You know, but he and, you know, the likes of, you know, Iacocca and Duntoff, and, you know, you can go down the list of some of these guys that really, I mean, let, let's face it, Mike, these guys uh, really did set the tone for the modern performance, which really, if you look at the cars that we're driving today, I mean, I'm driving this week a Kia uh, Sorento with the 2.5-liter turbocharged engine that I tell you what, Mike, runs as well as any of the larger V6 or probably small V8 uh, engine vehicles yeah. that are out there. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we got from the guys we're talking about. Yeah, right. That's where it, the, that's where it started yeah, from. It started from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. That's that's where we we got the the yearning or the taste for it, and they just had to figure out how to do it. Shall we say economically? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, drag racing would be Don Garlic. Oh yeah! Oh, I didn't think about that one. Good one. He was on the show. Uh, yeah, I've had him before. Yeah, yes. we were. Yeah, we did that from Bandemir. Yes, he yes. Was on the show. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. I forgot about yeah. that. Uh -huh. Good one, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the gentleman from uh, Michigan with the hard start. Yeah, Randy. Yeah. Um, I I used to live down at the Boulder Turnpike in Pecos. Okay. And because of the road, my truck faced south, or excuse me, faced north parked on the right on the correct side of the road mm -hmm. the the wind would come up that street and just freeze my block yep mm -hmm. i would have to put uh cardboard in front of the radiator so i could start it the next morning wow <laughs> wow yeah yeah you know and we've had that discussion like, we've had that discussion on on this show before and i have been <clears throat> by the way mike uh Challenged and chastised for saying that windshield has no effect upon uh, how an engine, a vehicle operates and, and so on. That, you know, basically that, you know, temperature is temperature. Windchill has nothing to do with how cold the rest of the vehicle will get. And, and I've had those arguments on 
this program many times, and, and I'm with you, though. Uh, that windshield, I believe, does have an effect, and I think you proved that, where if you've got a vehicle that's low on coolant, it may be fine sitting in the driveway. You warm it up. It's great. There's no issues, but Ken can even attest to this, especially in the old days. You go take that thing out on the road, drive it 45, 50 miles an hour, and you could see the radiator ice up at that point because sure. of the windshield going through it, which you would not have got driving around town. So it kind of proves my point. Yeah. And then you were talking about windshield oil. I mean, my old truck, I would do, you know, 2050 because it had 100 plus thousand miles on it. Sure. And then the minute this started happening, I switched over to a 1040 for the winter. And just that helped tremendously, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we've seen, or me personally, I have seen 20W50 in a car, 20 below zero. This was back in the 80s when we actually got that cold. But um, my brother started his car. It started up. It had oil pressure. It ran for about 15 seconds, and it lost oil pressure because it pumped all the oil out of the pan, and it didn't didn't go back into the pan. Didn't quick go enough. back through. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, 2050, oh. well, of course, nothing, you know, modern takes 2050, but uh, – it was yeah, it was just amazing hey, my, how thick that stuff gets when it gets cold out. My bike takes a ten sixty. Ten sixty. Okay, interesting. Wow. Well, you know how Italians like to make things really difficult. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, good one. Good one. <laughs> my my bike my right, bike. Thank you, good stuff, Mike. Good no, day. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Ken. My, my bike takes two. Two legs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Two legs. Got it. I love it. Yeah. Bill and Lakewood, hang tight. We'll come right back. we got a couple lines open. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio KLZ 560. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. The most frustrating part of getting your vehicle repaired is not knowing what they're charging you for. The team at Extreme Auto Repair has nothing to hide. Sean, Mike, Dave, and the whole team at Extreme Auto Repair and Parker want you to understand what's going on with your vehicle so you know how to prioritize your spending. They'll always be transparent because you're the one spending money. You need to know what's wrong so you can focus on the most important repairs first. Just ask, and they'll be more than happy to take you back to the service bay, open up the hood to show you what's going on, or hand you the part that's not functioning. Their philosophy is, why hide it? You might not know what to look for on your own, and the bill makes a lot more sense when you can actually see the part. Plus, you'll feel better knowing that they're not charging you for services you don't need. Take a look together. Schedule a repair now at klzradio.com extreme. Promise is kept. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. 
You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm, but you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Lanigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162. Hi, this is Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial. You're listening to John Rush on Drive Radio because you want to do what's best for your automobile. As a financial advisor who specializes in retirement planning, I help people do what's best for their finances as they enter or prepare for that next phase in their lives. Events like 2008 and COVID-19 have had devastating consequences for many people's retirement savings. A healthcare crisis can derail a well-planned retirement if it's not taken into consideration. When I meet with my clients, we talk about protected growth of their assets and how careful planning can address unforeseen circumstances. For a Zoom meeting with me, Al Smith, or a visit to my office with social distancing, call 303-744-1128 or visit my website, goldeneaglefinancialltd.com. Advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive out in Aurora here. Uh, Bill in Lakewood is up next. Bill, welcome, sir. Hey, what's up? I'll, I'll spit it out, and then I'll listen. Sure. Hey, Mel Gibson and Road War, uh, Mad Max. There you go. Good one. Yep, okay, exactly. we'll take that. Good one. Yep. yep. Okay. Okay, the Highway Patrol, the three-peak stuff on the tires, does mud and snow equal that? Does four-wheel drive equal that? What's the deal with that? Oh, you mean as far as going up the pass, you know, going up the mountains, I mean? Right. If you, isn't if you get stuck and you don't got the three peak, they're going to give you a ticket? In fa- yeah, and or there are conditions where they will not even let you stay on the road unless you have the right equipment in the first place. And here is the law. So everybody listening here is the law. Because, yeah, to your point, Bill, we're still in this. We could have a lot of storms all the way even sure. into April. So we're not out of this at all. So during winter storms or when conditions require, CDOT will implement the traction law. During a traction law, all motorists are required to have either four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive vehicles and 3 16 tread depth, tires with a mud and snow designation, so an M plus S and 3 16 tread depth, winter tires, which have the snowflake and the mountain on it, and 3 16 tread depth, tires with an all-weather rating by the manufacturer and 3 16 tread depth, chains or an approved alternate traction device. So in other words, if you've got a rear-wheel drive vehicle, even with all of those tires, you still have to have chains. If you're a four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive vehicle, then you have to have all of those other condition tire-wise met. And if you're a front-wheel drive vehicle, again, you will have to have chains in that particular situation. Okay, that sounds good. That makes sense? Yep. Hey, I got a new Colorado. Oh, you did? What'd you get, Bill? 
Z71. Nice. Nice. It, yep. Because it doesn't have that lift, and for me, it it's works. It's a little easier to get in and out of. Work. Right. Yeah, zero two. Ken and I both own one there. Yeah, yep. you, you got to climb in. Yeah, you know, you you hop you, up. You develop a technique yes. of getting in. Yeah, it's that, it's that skip and hop no, in. No, you right. don't. When you, when you get older and start shrinking. <laughs> I hear you, Bill. Well, no, I hear you. Yeah, my, my wife's stature is a little shorter than mine, and she's like... The only thing I don't like about there's your no, truck. And there's no step to right. get in. And, yeah, that's and she's the like, downside. are you going to add one? And I'm like, nope. nope. Me neither. <laughs> We're in unison on that. That's right. <laughs> they, they, they switched. I did it over at uh, Emic, and they switched my step from the ZR2 to this. And oh, nice. I, okay. I could hit the ground when I step out. Nice. There you go. Nice. Yep. Nice, Bill. Yeah, that's nice. Very cool. Yeah. Good. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. Okay, see you. Good stuff. Yeah, you know, and they're good guys over there. I like those guys as well, so I uh, appreciate uh, all that they do. Pure for Chevrolet, by the way, one of our great sponsors. If you're looking to buy a new Chevy product like we just heard Bill talking about, head out there and see those guys. You can shop online, pureforchevrolet.com. And by the way, I looked yesterday. They have a used white ZR2 a 2018 in stock right now. So some of you listening that are interested in a truck like Ken and I both have, which but we both have white ones. We both do, yeah, yeah. And yeah. my one of my friends um, has a one of the Sand Dune Metallic. Oh, yeah. for new okay. for this year. Yeah, and so he just got that one, and then uh, my other friend has a black one. And nice. um, he's had that since. Nice. They're, 18, they're great trucks. So, I love yeah. them. So if you want yeah. to buy one, head on out to Purifoy. They'd love to take care of you. Uh, Jerry and Greeley, you're next, sir. What's going on? Well, I had called several weeks ago. I, I was puzzled because every time I'd change the oil in my uh, 2017 F-150, the, uh, the so-called intelligent oil life monitor, okay. uh, the onboard calculator, was uh, after I'd do some math, it would project a shorter and shorter maximum oil life. And I couldn't figure out what was going on because my driving habits hadn't changed. And uh, I eventually stumbled across a tip that... Uh, even if the vehicle doesn't move an inch, that there's a clock on board mm-hmm. that keeps ticking off. Right. And, and converts right. Yeah. The no, time yeah. To I've noticed the same thing on my on my ZR2. You know, Ken and I have, and I mean, I, I'm an annual oil change guy on that. But if I look at my actual data on the onboard computer, it will tell me I need an oil change much before that year is up, and I don't. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I tested it. I parked the vehicle in the garage for four days, which is slightly over 1% of a year time-wise. Right. And sure enough, the yep. uh, percentage of oil life dropped to 1%. Huh. So, um, yeah, and, and that, you know what? You, you're bringing up a great point. So for a lot of you listening where you just know, you know you've know, you got a vehicle, you're not driving that many miles, you're going to do an annual oil change, I, I would say, frankly, Jerry, ignore the onboard computer telling you what to do because it's bas- you, to your point, it's basing those algorithms off of inputs that aren't really true to what you're doing with the vehicle at that time. Well, and yeah, so so I um, I use Mobile One Full Synthetic, the extended performance, which Perfect. they claim is good for 20k uh, or a year. Yeah, you're and you're fine at a year oil change on that with no problem. But but you would recommend it a year no matter what. You know, I, I think just peace of mind, and if you look at what the cost of an annual oil change is. You know, you could. There's probably some folks out there. If you know, if you store it, you know, inside, and you know, there's no condensation. You know, you could probably push that some. But I think you know, if it's something that that you know isn't a big deal to you, you've got the ability to change it on an annual basis. I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just and just set the clock that, to it. Right. I mean, the the acids, the stuff that the oil collects and and neutralizes. You know, it just. Yeah, like John said, peace of mind is... I mean, I've got some vehicles, Jerry, that I probably don't drive, you know, 
I'll be honest, some of them, I don't drive 700 to 1,000 miles a year, and, and I'll still do them on an annual basis. Yeah. I just do them in the springtime. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Just peace a, of mind. And it's and it's inexpensive. It is. I it's mean, not really that big a deal. It is. I mean, yeah. yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. Can I throw in a quick battery question? Of course. Uh, recently, uh, another caller had suggested that if you want to get the the absolute best performance out of a battery, that, that it should be charged before installation, even new off the shelf. Uh, and I, I'm guessing that, practically speaking, that hardly ever happens. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Right. No. Uh, but but will there be a noticeable difference if somebody does that? I would not say so, no. I, you know... Well, let me look at your month it was built. So because sometimes batteries can sit on the shelf for two or three. Yeah, months I was going to add that caveat and stuff. Yes. And yes. you know, and would it hurt? No, it wouldn't hurt. Uh, you know, is it necessary? Eh, if you've not. got an oddball car that you know has a battery that might, to Ken's point, you look at the manufacturer stamp date on it, and that thing's been sitting on the shelf for a year. Yeah, I would definitely do that before installing it. On batteries, though, Jerry, that they're running off the assembly line and running out to a parts store, and they're sitting on the shelf for 30 days or less. Yeah. I mean, all the years that I've done this as a shop, and Ken as well, I will tell you that that is the least of our worries. Right. You know, most of the batteries we get are, you know, might say a month prior, or a lot of times they just say, or they're the current month. Right. So it's... If that, and that's the case, put them in. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much, John. You're very welcome, Jerry. Welcome. I appreciate it. But again, you know, if you've got an exotic car, something along those lines, where yeah, you, something you look at rare, the, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you look at exactly. the date on it, and that thing may have been on the shelf for a year. Then yeah, you know, if, I, if I might be thinking about buying a different battery. Right. Exactly. Can you look? A Can you go find closer? another one? <laughs> yeah. Find bring something. one in. Whatever the case may right, be. No. Exactly. I, I think that's very well said. Yeah. Uh, Craig and Windsor, you're next. Hi. This is Craig. Hello, Craig. Uh, a question and a few comments. One, I, I wanted to say you were mentioning radiators in the winter. Yes. I happened to live in Russia in the 90s, and they'd actually put like a uh, a blanket or a like a bib to keep air from flowing over the radiator in the winter. Right. Sure. So, yeah. No, yeah, I, again, Craig, I, I, I've had that argument from, you know, quote unquote, engineers that have, you know, called in and said, well, you know, temperature, you know, ambient temperatures, ambient temperatures, ambient temperature. And, you know, driving down the road, you know, if it's if it's zero degrees outside, yeah. you know, has no effect on those things. Well, I think you're proving my point once again that, yes, it does. Theory and actual is and what actually yeah, it, it does yeah. have an effect. Uh-huh. It sure does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my question is, I have a uh, 2008 Pathfinder. It has like 220,000 miles. Okay. I don't want to give it up because uh, you won't find another one. Minimum to get me. Yeah, it's the bare minimum to get me to elk camp. Yeah, and you and, and, uh, and like I just said, you won't find an, you won't find another one. So no, keep it up. You know, keep right. it going. You you won't you won't be able to replace it. Yeah, we have a couple of customers. Yeah. With Pathfinders. Yeah. Yeah, so just keep driving it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has a slight shutter, so last year I replaced the struts. I had a so real quick, shutter. let's stop for just and one second. Shutter how? Like a suspension? Yeah, explain when, the shutter. Like bounce? Yeah, when I, when I accelerate, there's a slight vibration, and if I leave off the gas, it go, goes away. Okay. You know, and I, I would then that, real quick, engine... Real quick, Craig, mm-hmm. that will not be suspension. Right. Yeah. Of any okay. kind. And is that in four-wheel drive or just in two-wheel drive or both? Just in two-wheel drive. Okay. I would be looking more I, more at uh, driveline, U-joints, transmission mounts, mm-hmm. motor mounts. Even motor mounts typically don't cause what right. we're talking about. It's typically going to be more driveline, 
you know, related pinion angle, uh, you know, weak. Now, the only suspension thing that I've ever seen cause what you're talking about is if the rear springs get really weak and they wrap up some and it changes the driveline angle, sure. then that could be an issue. Uh, but honestly, that's that's probably the last thing I would look at, Craig, versus the other stuff. Well, and Pathfinders, too, they have the rear control arms that are just They can terrible. get bad, too. Yeah, that's right. exactly, that the bushings wear out. And so that can do, like John was saying, change the It changes the driveline angle. That's yeah, where the shutter's well, coming it, from. It can rock the— That's right. I mean, it, it, they get really bad, and, yep. but they usually have different other symptoms but, also. But the shutter you're feeling yeah. is, is going to be— you know, again, that's why we're looking at everything drive line. I, yeah. I should have said that a little differently when I said suspension won't cause that. It, it's it's rare that it does, although what Ken just said is correct on that particular vehicle. But again, it, it's the it's what's causing the shutter. The shutter is still coming from the drive line. Yeah, right. Yeah, whether something's changing or right. worn out. And it's only when I'm accelerating as that, soon yeah. as I leave off the gas. That's why I know away. it's drive line. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because the extra stress. Well, is I changed. Yeah, I change transmission fluid, everything like that. Yeah, so that I won't do it. It's, nope, you, it's you, it, it's, I, and especially at that miles, yeah. I think, you know, Ken's onto something. Check all the rear control arms, check the rear springs, check driveline angle, check U joints, check the rear transmission mount. I mean, at 220, really, that thing probably front to back just needs gone through. Yeah. Not awesome. replaced, but, awesome. but inspected. It, yeah, inspected really close, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Craig, no, I appreciate that. it. Great question, by the way. I appreciate that very much. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Don't forget, question of the day is, who is your favorite auto hero? By the way, it doesn't have to be somebody current. We've had lots of great suggestions that, frankly, I didn't even think about from the past. There's some great auto heroes from the past, and I'll mention a few of my own here as we go through the show today. But uh, Bob and Lakewood, Craig and Wheatridge, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. A line open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa. Get the good stuff. John Rush personally uses Novus Auto Glass to maintain his fleet of company trucks. All of his trucks tend to be in the same place at the same time on Friday mornings. So every Friday morning without fail, John's local Novus guy comes by to check all of the windshields on his company fleet. That's at least 50 different windshields. On the spot, any new little chip or crack gets immediately repaired. Since John self-insures his glass repair and replacement, Novus offers him a discounted cash price. Even more importantly, John saves a lot of money in the long run by repairing those chips and cracks immediately instead of waiting to replace all of those windshields down the road. He'd much rather pay $40 or $50 per vehicle for regular repairs than pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to replace each of those windshields. Take care of your company vehicles. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and schedule regular maintenance for your fleet. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. 
Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Top auto manufacturers admit that today's high-tech engines on average can use a quart of oil every thousand miles. Why? To meet the government's fuel economy mandates, they use the faster-moving low-tension piston rings that can clog quickly, reducing power, causing poor fuel economy. The Performance Oil Service from BG Products cleans piston rings and restores the fuel system. And it's backed up with lifetime protection for the engine. Ask your service advisor about the BG Performance Oil Service or go to BGFindashop.com. That's BGFindashop.com. BG. RoofMax in South Aurora keeps your roof going strong with roof rejuvenation. Modern asphalt shingles are manufactured with less oil than they used to be, so they dry out sooner, leaving them brittle and unable to expand and contract with the extreme temperature swings. Especially here on the Front Range where your roof handles high elevation sun, UV exposure, and severe spring and summertime storms, along with more than twice the national average snowfall, your shingles wear out even faster. Roof rejuvenation with Roof Max could save you up to 85%. Just one application of their all-natural bio oil immediately adds five years to your roof, guaranteed. With up to three applications every five years, Roof Max could help your roof last 15 years longer. Save thousands of dollars by extending the life of your roof instead of replacing it. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax in South Aurora now at 303-710-6916. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Question of the day is who is your favorite car auto hero? It could be somebody from the past or somebody current, doesn't matter. Bob in Lakewood is next. Hello, Bob. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Hey, hi, guys. I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Good. Hey, I'm thinking back, you know, a long time ago, there was a guy running out of California. He had a car he called Assassination. And, yes. Uh, that, yes. Used to come here all the time. The yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was some pretty cool shops around then, too. Ken's and Leslie and F&M Auto Park. That's right. But, um, hey, I have a question for you. I have an 09 Chevy Silverado, um, heavy duty. And my wife insists that I'm trying to kill her every time she gets in it because the seatbelt on the passenger side just keeps tightening up and won't loosen. So I called a dealership, and they said, well, the internal workings of it's probably worn out. I just need to buy a whole new assembly, which is like 250 bucks. Is that something sound right to you, or is there some way around that? Well, so when you put the seatbelt on, you don't pull it all the way out, do you? No. Okay. So that the seatbelts are designed to do that. So if you pull them all the way out and then you let them retract, they won't they won't give any. Um, but if it's doing that in a normal, you know, you just put it on and without pulling it all the way out, then yeah, the only way around that is to replace it. Right. And real quick, before uh, I forget, the assassination was actually a Colorado car, Roger Guzman. I should have remembered that off the top of my uh, head, okay. but that was a Roger Guzman car here locally, and he had 19 of those. 
Oh, what am I thinking of from California? Was it Gas Ronda? Uh, that, I don't know, but I remember Guzman, when you were growing up, watching him race at Bandamere's. That was a big deal for us to have a local guy like him doing that. Right. That, he, that's about the same time, I think, that Judy Lilly was running. That's correct. Yes, that is correct. Right. Yeah. Blast from the past. And, and by the way, we've interviewed her on Drive Radio before as well. We had her on once really? before. Yep, really? we sure did. Yep. Well, yep. Well, yeah. I used to, I used to hang around with her. I had a, at in the day I had a '63 Corvette convertible, the first year of the Stingray. Very cool. Nice. So yeah, back back in the good old days. Yes, hey guys, you, I really appreciate your show and thank you for the information. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it very much. And speaking of Corvettes, I don't know if anybody will mention this through the day, but one you you gotta put this into the uh, car hero end of things. Uh, would be, you know, Duntoff, who was the, you know, really the father of the Corvette, if you would, and, you know, did so much even for, you know, Chevrolet and the whole motoring world that, uh, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't have this kind of a show and not mention that guy's name. So, right. uh, Craig and Wheatridge, you're next, sir. Hi, John. How are please you, sir? Tell me you're gonna get, all right, please tell me you're going to get your Corvette out this weekend. Uh, it's nice enough today, maybe. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to get my uh, S2000 out here in a few I have a, I have a project I have to do when I get home today, so uh, uh, we'll just, you know, we'll see how everything goes and whether I get time to do that or not. You know, right. it's one of those things. But I, uh, I saw my first Ford Bronco, the new Ford Bronco. Oh, you I did? Still, actually, I've seen a couple of them on the road. Okay, huh. I have not seen one on the road yet. Me either. And let me tell you, Honda right now is calling Ford and saying they want their Element back. <laughs> really? Oh, really? That's similar. It's well, that yeah, bad, I huh? guess they kind of look similar, yeah, don't they? Okay, so did it, did it really look good or bad? I mean, give, give us your honest uh, opinion. Well, these might have been trimmed-down versions, you know. Um, right. Didn't look like a, a sport package, per se, with, you know, uh, bigger, nicer wheels or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think I'd just go out and buy me a used Honda Element and, <laughs> and put a put a Bronco for a Ford badge on the front, and you, you could probably pass it off as one. Yeah, not wow. impressed. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, I wish I could see one. Uh, I have not. I I I have not seen one up. I've not seen one in person. Period. Yet, to be honest with you, maybe I'm yeah, just not. I haven't either. I, you know, I should. Say, I always look closely when I'm driving to, to you know see those sure. sorts of things. But well, I, they, they kind of catch your eye because it's. Like, I have not. Yeah. Where did you see it at, Craig? Um, actually, one down in Elbert County in Kiowa. And I can't recall where I saw the other one, but uh, it did say Bronco, you know, across the grill. Huh. So that, you know, was coming from the other direction. So I'm like, yeah. oh, there's the new Ford Bronco. And then I saw the shape and everything. I'm saying, well, there's the Honda Element going down the road. <laughs> right. Huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, they're only, am I wrong in saying that the only ones out are the sports so far? Well, or- this looks like that. Like I say, just a... Very plain Jane looking package. Did it, did it have four I, I doors or two? Could you two remember? doors? Two, two doors. doors. Okay. Two doors. Yeah, so yeah. the sport. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but there's a bunch of different trim packages a if ton. I remember right. Yeah, yes. but yeah, the obviously <laughs> yeah it wasn't impressive. The one you or the couple. Yeah, and, and I will say that some of the more equipped ones I I think actually look you know pretty good. But I, again, I I have not seen one up close. You know. Yeah, to, to know when I, just the pictures I've seen look more FJ ish, uh, you know, just ish. But um, so the real quick, everybody listening, there is the base, the big band, the black diamond, the outer banks, the badlands, the wild track, and the first edition. 
Okay. Just for starters. Yeah. The ones with steel wheels, yeah, element. <laughs> um, yeah, they're very element-looking, right, yeah. I think, yes. Yeah, that would make sense. Which, by the way, was a really ugly car. I, I know there's a lot of folks that love them, and it's one of those cars that has a cult following, and if you love it, you love it. And, and, and it is very, very functional. I will give it that, but it is not one of the best-looking vehicles. Yeah. So, anyways. All right, Craig, thanks. I appreciate it very much. Let's get to our next caller. Uh, Mike, I believe, is next. Mike and Erie, what's going on, sir? Hey, good morning. Really appreciate your show. Thank you. Um, my hero is probably unconventional, but it's Jay Leno. Oh, oh sure. Yes, of course. I have, I, have, I have learned more from him about you know the real heroes like Shelby and yes, and yes. folks um, from yeah. him and so much about the history of the automobile. No, you know what? When you talk about auto heroes and what he's done for the industry as well, in fact, let's go one step further, Mike. The things that he has done restoration-wise that probably would not have gotten right. done without him doing them, yeah. you got to give the guy credit for that. Exactly, all that steam stuff. You really do. That, I mean, he's doing yeah. things that really nobody else out there is willing to do. Yeah, right. And and or has the money they're willing to has invest. Has to do it. Yeah, right. yeah. So you get you got to give him credit there. That's a great. That, that by the way, that's a great one. Yeah. Good job. And he makes them all run yep. and he, drives them and and he, yeah, they don't just them. sit. He he uses yeah. them. Uh-huh. The guy's great. Yeah. He's, he's done he's done wonders for the automotive world. He really has. Yeah. And he does it in a very entertaining way. Right. You know, and, and also, Mike, I think a very, you know, sincere way. I mean, I mean, the guy's not outlandish. I mean, even though he could be, you know, he's not egotistical. He doesn't brag about all the things he has. In fact, he's very humble about the cars that he's able to find and purchase and own. He's humble about the guys that work in his shop and make those things, you know, it really turns them into the masterpieces that they once were. Right. I mean, he gives credit where credit's due, and, you know, you, you can't fault him on that level at all. Right. Agreed. Um, I have a question. I have a 2014 uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, a little over 100,000 miles on it, and I've got a check engine light. And I know there's there's, uh, devices out there that you can check that yourself. I'm just looking for the easiest way to to kind of diagnose what's going on. So you've got... So the light's on, but you haven't had anybody... Scan it. Scan it, pull the codes or anything? No. And this, are you looking for something that you can purchase yourself to do that? If possible, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, there are, there are tons of different code readers, and it, it depends on how technical you want to get. I mean, you can spend forty, fifty bucks on a code reader, probably even less than that. Um, yeah. And that's all that's going to do is give or you a few a code. hundred. Yeah. Exactly. All that's going to do is give you a code, or you can spend, you know, as little as a couple hundred dollars and get a fairly decent something that'll give you information on what's going on there. Which is what you really need. Right. I mean, if you're not looking to fix it yourself and you just kind of want to know what it is and just to Google it or whatever, right. a code reader would probably be fine. But uh, there's this, uh, there's a scanner that I have that I keep in my trunk that is just, you know, I, I can do, I can see a lot of the main parameters of what the engine is doing, the different sensor readings and stuff like that, because a code reader would do me absolutely no good. Right. Um, but you know, I, I know what to look for. So I bought the scanner. It was like 200 bucks and, and it gives me a lot of information and it's easy to use and everything like that. Um, I, so it's kind of depends on what you're looking right. to do. There. Exactly. Yeah. Are there places that you can take it like an auto zone or something that will diagnose it for you? Well, the, Napa will too. Yeah. They, they will mm-hmm. read those codes for you and, you know, it's it's not the diagnosis, though. That is reading a code, and that's pretty much what they have. And they can give you, a lot of times they'll give you a, a idea of 
what the issue is, but it won't be exact. Right. If it's an oxygen sensor code, right. it's not necessarily going right. to be the oxygen sensor. Or right. If it's a mass airflow code, it could be a vacuum right. leak. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go along. Mike, hold that thought. I want to put you on hold real quick, see if there's anything else we can do even off air. If you want to hang on to the top of the hour, we can do that as well. Larry will take care of that for us. In the meantime, Ken and I will be right back. We'll take a top of the hour news break here, and we'll be right back. Hour two is next. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.